Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, how you doing? I'm just just unwrapping a gift somebody left at my door and I don't even understand it. It's four candles. What does that mean? I have to tell you, which poet said, the world is too much with me? Because <sighs> he said a mouthful. That's the way I'm feeling today, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm warning you right now. The world is too much with me. <sighs> I'm, uh... Uh, this day did not start out well. It started out with me grabbing my phone, as is my habit, and starting to look through. And instead, my phone had like been taken over during the night and was showing the screen with such enlarged uh, print that I couldn't see anything. I mean, it was like instead of seeing a whole article, there were like seven words available to me. And I, it was hard. I couldn't even get into the phone. <laughs> I just, and so I tried to shut it down. And in my attempt to shut it down, I inadvertently triggered the emergency 911 call and the next thing I know, someone is saying, 911, where is your location? And I thought, oh, my God, I'm in bed. But I didn't say that. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> a mistake. Forgive me. And I hung up. But meanwhile, every effort I have made to fix this phone has gone nowhere. So I, I've been unable to prepare as I usually do. And then I went to my computer, and it, too, is giving me troubles. Reminds me of what happened yesterday when the overhead light in my kitchen went out. And teetering on a step stool, I finally managed to dislodge the fixture itself and found out that it did not contain what appeared to me to be a recognizable light bulb. Where is the world I used to know? That's all I'm asking. It wasn't a light bulb. It was this long sort of skinny little, you know, it was one of those little tubes that was sort of stuck, and I couldn't figure out how to get it out, let alone I didn't have a replacement. I just want, can we get a world that is not so friggin' complicated all the time? I'm sorry, I'm having a technological meltdown. And that's not really what I meant when I said the world is too much with me. I meant that I'm living in a country where in my local newspaper on page 12, on page 12, and part of those littler stories that run down the, the edge, this is what the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette had on page 12 today, headline, Trump won't commit to peaceful transfer of power. 
in the name of of everything I understand to be important. How in the name of that can the President of the United States saying he cannot commit to a peaceful transfer of power little over a month from the election does not warrant a banner headline on the front page and instead is reduced to a little, about a four-inch little item on page 12. It got literally about two inches more than this blockbuster story I also saw in the Post-Gazette. Kraft Heinz pumpkin spice macaroni, announces pumpkin spice macaroni. All right. So Trump says, I don't care about the damn election returns and I'm not leaving. And uh, we got pumpkin spice macaroni from, uh, from Kraft Heinz. Uh, they're sort of, you know, somewhat uh, similar in their importance, I guess. And I haven't even begun to talk about the fact that the two police officers that shot and killed a young woman who was in her bed, a young woman who had been charged with no crime, I've never heard anybody tell me what it is she did that was criminal, let alone capital criminal. That the two officers who shot her will not face charges. The officer who shot off an unimaginable number of bullets willy-nilly and had some of his bullets go through the dead woman's neighbor's walls. That was the only charge. He was reckless. So Brianna Taylor's neighbor's walls got more justice than this young, forever young, And I, I just am left with this question. What was Brianna Taylor's crime? You tell me. What was her crime? I go to bed at night. I've always gone to bed at night and I've often been troubled, worried about things, somewhat stressed out, anxious. I have never for a second worried that police officers would burst into my home and kill me dead.
The world is too much with me. I want to shake it off. I can hardly bear it. And I am a privileged person in this world. God, I'm fragile. I have a caller. Go ahead, please. You talk. Hi there. Hi. Um, first, two couple things. First of all, what the hell would make the police break down the door? What is going on in that building that you'd have to smash down a door, even if it's drugs? I mean, unless somebody's being held hostage or some bullshit, what the hell? Why would you break in? No common sense there, none at all. That's the police park. They have lack of common sense. They always have, ever since I was a young kid, when they would bug you. It, it just, it, they were, they're just, they don't use any um, foresight or whatever you want to say. Second thing, it really irritates me when I'm watching these people on TV, the reporters. Then Trump's saying, he, well, these ballots, they're no damn good and it's cheating and all that. Why doesn't the reporters say, come on, Trump? You know that's a bunch of BS. Why do you keep saying the same old lie? Why don't they tell him that? This keeps saying it. Every time he says it's a no, I'm sorry, Mr. President, that is not true. It's untrue story. You're making up lies again. Just come out and say it to him. Then he might not say it, but it's just like they don't hold his feet to the fire. They do nothing, just blah, 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 blah. I, I, I can't take those reporters. Their questions are so damn dumb anymore. It's like, get to, when he says that, you correct him. You correct him hard and go back at him, but they never do. I don't know. It's like they're in, he's paying them off or something. I don't know what the hell it is anymore. <sighs> I still think he's going to lose, so I'm still happy about that. I think he's going to lose. Yeah, gonna lose. well, fine. So he's going to lose. Is he going to leave? He's going to lose. And then he says he's not going to. No, he's never said he would leave. Ever. Well, I don't know. History doesn't look oh, too God. good on people. I, I think he better be think twice or have a lot of secret service because. I don't think people in this country are going to put up with it this time. If he thinks he's going to cheat his way into the election, I don't see it. I, I just think – I don't want to say anything, but I think bad things can happen to people like that. You just can't do that. It's yeah. – I don't know. Yeah. But I think he's going to lose, and he's going to be out. Okay. Year, no. But All then right. we got such a free – Then we've got – wait, listen. Uh, then the work would just – be beginning yeah. and it, it's no and we still have the 40 percent uh who who want him to remain in office i mean it is it is just mind-boggling to me so anyway but thank you okay thank you appreciate the call bye bye yep. okay yeah <sighs> So I tried to get to the settings in my that I, I eventually did, but the screen is so screwed up. I even when I find the place where I would make the screen smaller, I can't access it. <laughs> um, oh God. Yeah. Um. Since the. News yesterday afternoon about Brianna Taylor. Not that I was expecting anything. 
I mean, I, I wasn't. It's not like I was surprised. I just am so scared. How much more are black Americans supposed to take? And how much more are their white allies supposed to take? This is not my country. This is not a country that I recognize. It's like what Joe Biden said yesterday when some reporter asked him, did you hear what Trump said about not not leaving? And Biden said, what country are we in? Well, Belarus. Looking a little like that. Venezuela. Wow. I, uh, I have never felt so fearful. I'm, Yesterday I was fearful about my, well, I shouldn't go there. But just in paying attention, just yesterday, the fact that a woman, a young woman, can have police break down her door, kill her, and no one pays. There is no judicious no judge no justice no justice for the killing of a what 26 year old how old was she just a kid and that I live in a country where people who look like me can shrug it off. They don't. They don't waste a moment of their precious day asking the question that I ask. How can that be allowed? This is a country I'm supposed to pledge allegiance to. It looks more and more like a police state like a fascist state, like a state where you have a propaganda, huge propaganda uh, outlet that gets to pose as an actual news outlet and does nothing but instill propaganda and false falsehoods into the public's ears and eyes. I live in a country where the president facing re-election seems to suggest that he's going nowhere, even if he loses. Uh... How is that page 12? Excuse me for screaming. PG, how is that something you put buried in your newspaper? How? The Los Angeles Times reports. 
President Trump refused Wednesday to commit to giving up power should he lose the November election. (laughs) Did you ever in your life think you would read something like that? And the silence from almost all the Republicans? Wow. Shocking, huh? And Trump goes on to say, tell me what this means. We want to get rid of the ballots. (laughs) Is that my ballot he's talking about? We want to get rid of the ballots, and you'll have a very peaceful – there won't be a transfer, frankly – there will be a continuation. When do we uh, take this guy, strangely, at his word? <laughs> this, this guy who lies through his teeth all the time. He's actually telling the truth. He's not going to go. The United States of America that since the time I was able to, you know, understand anything around me uh, was a country that I felt some pride in. I did. This democratic experiment that showed a new way to the world. I guess democracy could prove to be a bit of a flash in the pan. Amazing. So when you think of the stresses now, the fact that I look at the news and I see that I'm living in a police state, it's the same feeling I had when in disbelief in the late 50s, I remember sitting in my parents' home, sitting on the floor watching the evening news and watching watching dogs and fire hoses being deployed on black people in my country. And I remember the feeling of such confusion, such cognitive dissonance how could this be the the land of the free, the home of the brave? I feel that same feeling now as an old woman. And the same kind of grief, just grief that comes with this knowledge that we are not who we purport to be and that so many of our fellow citizens would cast off the best parts of who we are in a minute so they could have things like they want them to be, which is where white 
people, white men, get to run everything, and everybody else gets marginalized. Make no mistake, that is totally what's feeding all of this terror. I live in a country where it is not unusual now to see armed soldiers in our streets and, even worse, armed guys that look like soldiers who aren't. They're self-appointed keepers of the peace. They are an ill-regulated militia. They are the direct result of our love of guns, our irrational, insane embrace of killing machines. It's interesting that the NRA that gave us this insanity. It was the NRA that was behind the push for more and more lethal weaponry being in the hands of anybody who wanted them. It's somewhat ironic that the NRA is on its way out through mismanagement, corruption, whatever, the organization itself is going to come apart. But look at what it left behind. So we live in a country now where there are armed militias of white nationalists in the street intimidating citizens. And they're sort of backed up by the cops and by the National Guard. Everybody's got their guns. And you have a White House very openly through through lawsuits and legislative action in states all over this country that the Republicans control trying to undermine your vote. Those ballots that the presidents find so troublesome. This is not an America that I in any way, will pledge allegiance to. An America that cares, whose laws make it possible for apartment walls to matter more than a black woman's life. What was Brianna Taylor's crime? What was her crime? Her life is gone. 
And if there was no crime, I mean, if there's no justice and there was no crime committed so that nobody could pay for it, then speaking of pay for it, how come the city of Louisville decided they'd give her family $12 million to shut them up? That's justice. Do you remember the pride you used to feel on Inauguration Day? When, as a country, we would model for other nations what a democracy looks like? Where the holder of all that power willingly surrenders it to his opponent, whom the people have said they want instead to have that power? That those two men ride together to the ceremony? That peaceful transition is what has made America America, if we are just a month and a bit away from the first time in this nation's history where that does not occur, then we are looking at something so frightening. That fragile privileged folk like me better stiffen our resolve. We are watching in real time a president say even if the ballots say we want him gone. He will refuse to leave. We are watching him set things up so that he can maybe pull that off. We have watched him for the last four years pack the courts, the federal courts that will rule on all of the suits that will come flying left and right. <laughs> we are watching in real time. him set up the structures that might, in fact, allow him to refuse to give up power. He's got to have this justice. He's got to have this justice. You know why? Because he doesn't trust John Roberts. He does not, and with some reason, does not trust this Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. Who, in my opinion, has misguided ideas in the political sphere, but who strikes me as a man not without 
honor and respect for the institution he heads. And Trump doesn't want things, doesn't want Roberts to be a swing vote. He wants to overwhelm him on that court. We're watching as he sets the stage. Amazing. I can hear the anguish in Milton's heart. He wrote, when his rage had settled enough to write what I'm about to share with you, when you see his rage is still white hot. Three hours since the official announcement that even sleep is not a passive enough position to survive an encounter with law enforcement when you are black in America. I'm pretty sure, he writes, that when Martin Luther King spoke of a future with greater racial equality, he was not imagining that it would manifest itself in the form of a Negro attorney general replacing a Southern sheriff at the podium to remind black folks that your lies still ain't shit. I cannot imagine the pain. <laughs> um, Amy is telling me, <laughs> thank you, Amy. Amy is telling me that we have a caller, but she's got parenthetical uh, saying, it's the guy whose phone cuts out. <laughs> it, it's, I'm sorry, but let's give them a little shot. The minute it, you know, it's rough. You're now the guy whose phone cuts out. But let's we'll we'll uh, see how far you get. Okay. Hi. I thought I was a dumb joke guy. Yeah. Well, now you're the guy whose phone cuts out. Yeah, I know. I know. Bad fun. All right. So real quick, I heard Trump. I don't know a little while ago. Uh, he was talking at one of his rallies, and he said he should get eight more years because the first four should be a do-over because of the impeachment. Yeah, sure. Unbelievable. Yeah, so he's conditioned, oh, I should get eight more years, you know? Yeah, Clearly no, he doesn't want to ever leave. Yeah. No. He wants to be, know. the you know, in there forever. Hey, uh, let me tell you, yesterday when we talked, before I left, 
there my phone left. <laughs> uh, we were talking about Catholic school and Thursday, yes. Tuesday, yes. And Thursday. Yeah. Well, when I left the uh, Catholic religion, I was at a mass, eleven o'clock, St. James School or Church. You know, that's the one everybody went to. And me and my friend were up to receive communion. And while we're kneeling there waiting for the priest to come down, Southwestern Pennsylvania. He, I mean, my reading of it is he was saying, "Hey, it's okay to vote for Biden." That that's my reading of it. <laughs> but he also has things in there that are definite. You know, uh, that if you're one of those Catholics who only votes on abortion, um, uh, that you will. Say, but he also said this. He said it was like uh, number one priority or something. So the bishop was doing a little talking out of both sides of his mouth. Here's the part that he said that should give some cover to um, Catholics who vote for Biden, who, by the way, is a Catholic. Okay. He would be our second Catholic president. The bishop said this, but good Catholics cannot vote for a candidate in order to support a position that endangers human lives, promotes racism, violates religious freedom, or in any way violates human rights. So you see, you can read into that whatever I guess you want. 
No matter how we vote, the bishop said, we must work to protect human life at all of its stages. Now, what he's saying, though, to the ones that are just purely will vote for Trump because of how he's packing the court to get rid of abortion at all uh, stages. He's talking about being against abortion and being against euthanasia. Some people will say, yeah, but he's maybe talking too about, you know, people should have good health care. People shouldn't be shot in the streets in the back because they're uh, color of their skin. So I just think uh, the bishop's uh, words are, you know, uh, open to interpretation and in that regard are not particularly helpful. Um, He goes on to say, no matter how we vote, we must work to promote peace and justice. Well, Bishop, there it is, because if you're going to work to promote peace and justice, then you do not vote for Donald Trump. Oh, Lord, guys. I uh, I got something in my email that I thought was so well written. And I want to share it with you. It was written by a Pittsburgher uh, named Teddy Horvitz. And she heads uh, the Pittsburgh chapter of the National Council of Jewish Women. And um, she said this. As Americans, we share in our country's profound grief at the loss of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. As Jewish Americans, we mourn with the family of Justice Ginsburg in losing such a vibrant and unyielding life on the eve of Rosh Hashanah, one of the holiest days on our calendar. Few people have had the resonating impact of the great RBG. Though small in stature, her legacy is larger than life. She advocated for fairness in American society and spoke for marginalized voices, paving the way for new policies in gender equality and equal pay, She publicly spoke up when she watched modern politics challenge the foundations of the democratic process and demanded that our government be held accountable. And now policies like equal protection under the law are possible thanks to her and her tireless advocacy and dedication. While Jewish law commands that we mourn, Jewish law also commands that we continue to fight for a better world. We must fight for our fundamental rights, our reproductive health rights, our fair and impartial judiciary is on the line. Our voting rights are on the line. This is our work. This is our moment. 
May Ruth Bader Ginsburg's memory be a blessing and a revolution. A female rabbi who spoke at the at the short um, memorial at the Supreme Court yesterday summed it up pretty well. And I say female rabbi only because that too, none of this would have happened without her. None of us. I said yesterday I would not have the job I have. All the women you see in positions of authority, of power, your doctors and lawyers and scientists and senators and congresspeople and governors, none of them would be there without her work. She changed the world. This little tiny indomitable, indefatigable woman. And the rabbi said this, to be born into a world that does not see you, that does not believe in your potential, that does not give you a path for opportunity or a clear path for education, and despite this, to be able to see beyond the world you are in, to imagine <clears throat> that something can be different, that is the job of a prophet. And it's the rare prophet who not only imagines a new world, but who also makes that new world a reality in her own lifetime. And so while I think of all of us who have benefited so much from her work, I'm also reminded of all of the amazing women and amazing people of color, of amazing black Americans who had so much to offer us and who were denied who were not allowed. They number in the millions. Think about it. Think about those amazing lives. Who knows what they could have done and accomplished, but because those who held power, the white males, the white heterosexual males deemed anybody other than them could not move forward. Think about that. 
think of the difference one person, one little tiny woman can make, be it Harriet Tubman or Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Imagine all the others that were silenced and add to them the multitude of black Americans and everything they could have, could have, would have contributed to a better world if it had been a better world. It makes me crazy. <sighs> Jonathan, thank you. I did see this, but in my, you know, all the tr technical troubles I've had, I wasn't able to. Oh, I did. I copied it. I just never got it off my printer. Um, all right. So um, he's wanting uh, me to inform any of you who didn't see it that today um, a letter that was signed by almost 500 uh, retired four-star generals, admirals, five former defense secretaries, secretaries of state, heads of NASA, even people who served on Trump's, in Trump's administration and um, in the Joint Chiefs uh, during Trump's administration. These people came out with uh, a letter today. And... Um, they flat out said that President Trump has been using the military as an instrument to further his own personal interests. He is a threat to proper civilian military relations. I'm not sure if that was in the letter. But um, this letter is signed by Republicans, by Democrats, by independents. And they say they are united simply by a common fear for the future of this nation. They say the current president has demonstrated he is not equal to the enormous responsibilities of his office he cannot rise to meet challenges large or small. Thanks to his disdainful attitude and his failures, our allies no longer trust or respect us, and our enemies no longer fear us. I don't know. Is this all going to be enough? These people coming forward. I don't know. Uh, 
Henry says, sorry to change topics, but I have some constructive criticism for the Biden campaign. <clears throat> okay, I'd be interested if you agree or not. One, why is Kamala Harris, excuse me, Kamala, Kamala Harris seemingly absent from this campaign? I think they need to use her more. Two, I certainly understand Biden's desire to be seen in a mask, but I think there are times when wearing one does not help his image. Face it, this campaign has much to do with image. Also, with RGB's death and the fight over her seat, Bob Woodward's book has already been forgotten. Yeah, you know, nothing nothing stays anymore. That's right. 100,000 Americans dead plus um, uh, the fear that uh, the president will refuse to accept the, uh, the results of the election, uh, the, the very real chance of more, uh, you know, rage in our streets and the efforts of some on the right to stoke that for uh, to help Trump uh, with, his, with his trope that our cities are somehow on fire. Um, I don't know. I don't know about Kamala Harris uh, seemingly absent, um, Henry, because what do you, um, I mean, what do you base that on? You base that on what you are seeing from what the media are covering. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I'm sure she's all over the place. I'm sure she is. But how do you break out and get covered? You know, generally speaking, vice presidential candidates don't get a lot of media attention. And in this day and age, when there are so <laughs> when there's a literally a huge bombshell story uh, two or three times a day. Um, I don't know that it's not that she's not out there. It's that you're not seeing media coverage of her out there. That's my guess. Um, the mask thing with Biden, I, I get, I get what you're saying, but I think, it's really about keeping him alive. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, NPR had, uh, what's his name? Inskeep. Steve Inskeep had a piece in which um, he talked to a lot of black Pittsburghers um, about who are all well, except one voting for Biden, but none voting for Trump. And they all seem to say the same thing, that they feel that the Democrats are again doing what Democrats do, which is not really speaking to the black community. Um, I guess taking them for granted. And that ain't good. Um, oh, okay. Debbie says, please stop taking that guy's calls with a bad phone. Understood nothing he was saying. Oh. Guy, you hear that? Please don't get mad at us, but it is. We can't hear you. And I love your calls. 
And Debbie says, I can't believe the PG put Trump's refusal to step down, <laughs> buried it in their paper. I, you know, I don't know. I didn't see other newspapers. I don't know. Put it on the front page. No, uh, the New York Times that I got today did not have it on the front page. And they should have, too. I didn't even see anything in. I don't know what is going on. Jesus. I just give up. I'll give it up. Okay. So I want to... um, Um, okay, hang on. I'm just trying to get my, my act together here. Uh, I just want to point out two things, uh, again, that would have got, what would have been huge news in, uh, normal times and, um, are not now. You'll recall that the Republicans, uh, in the Senate, uh, headed by this loathsome character from my home state of Wisconsin, uh, Ron Johnson, um, spent an awful lot of time and taxpayer money uh, leading a, an investigation into uh, what they allege to be the corruption of Joe Biden and his son in Ukraine and all that. Exactly the kind of thing that uh, that led to the impeachment. Uh, the fact that Trump uh, was alleging this and then pressuring the Ukrainian uh, president to dig up dirt on Biden. Well, they spent all this time and they came out yesterday with their report, 87-page report. And it contained not one scintilla of evidence that Joe Biden improperly manipulated American policy toward Ukraine or committed any other misdeed. They couldn't, looking for it, looking, desperately. They weren't trying to get the truth. They were desperately looking for something to pin on Biden before the election, and they came up empty. Despite the fact that this jerk, Johnson had said for weeks that the findings would demonstrate Biden's unfitness for office. Instead, he was forced to deliver a report that did just the opposite. Not a bit of evidence. wanted to update that. Also wanted to update what's going on with the Environmental Protection Agency, the Environmental Destruction Agency. You'll need a name change. Uh, again, rejecting uh, scientists and uh, their pleas, the uh, EPA uh, rejected the evidence presented to them that a very specific pesticide that is used by industrial farmers, um, they said, no, it doesn't stunt brain development in children. That's what the geniuses at the EPA that are not scientists told the scientists. The scientists, of course, were telling them, we have evidence that this pesticide harms 
children's brains. It needs to be it needs to be disallowed. And so the Trump administration said, I don't hear a word you're saying. And announced that in its assessment, the pesticide is just fine and dandy. And that comes on the heels of so many other EPA uh, moves to weaken restrictions on toxic chemicals. Uh, you know, they, uh, we, can't, we don't keep up with this. The, the EPA recently pulled back uh, regulations on um, another uh, poison that poisons water and is also tied to fetal brain damage. They said, that's okay. Let it go. They've also decided asbestos. You know, we were a little rough on asbestos. That's if you're paying attention. Um, I have a caller. Go ahead, please. Hello. Hi, Lynn. Hi. Hi. You know, I was calling in um, also to say what the writer said about um, where's Kamala Harris and mm-hmm. Joe Biden. The campaign seems so flat right now or bland. Where is she? There are so many people that don't know who she is, what she's doing. And I, I think she needs to be out there if we want to get more African-American voters. They've got to know who she is. And I, I just don't see her there. I don't, I don't even think there's a real incentive there to make people get out. I'm, I'm disappointed. I just feel that Biden and Kamala are not out like they should be. Well, um, you know, we there's this bonding. <clears throat> yeah. I'm sorry. Well, you know, it, this is our media, though. The media amplify everything that Trump says. And they're less inclined to cover uh, Biden and Harris because, well, they're not deranged. They're boring. I don't know what to say. I'm sure that on any given day, Biden and Harris are out there in some way. I just don't think, yeah, we're not seeing them. I mean, Biden's been here, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, I don't. We're well, I'm going to now, Trump. since you're, you know, you're both saying this, I'm going to uh, make a point of um, trying to find, uh, see how hard it is to find coverage of uh, Kamala, especially. It's got, she's got to be out there. It's just not being. But look, we only have like 30 something more days to go. I know. And they're like, missing in action to me it's like get out there I don't, we have got to see more of them it's, it's ridiculous okay i okay okay sounds like democrats okay. getting scared okay <laughs> thank right. you thank okay, you bye bye you know um yeah i'm scared i'm so scared i can't even see straight have you seen that god bless them dogs in uh, finland have been trained they can sniff out 
COVID-19 on somebody's sweat in 10 seconds. And they're using them in uh, the Helsinki airport. Did I say Finland? Yeah. And um, man, that's a better test than uh, better test than anything we got. And they've proved to be 94% successful. Not a lot of, you know, false positives or negatives. They can sniff out the virus in a person who is asymptomatic. They detect it in stages much earlier than the tests we use do. God, dogs. Bless them. Okay, I'm going to finish on an obit. Okay. This is a woman who was born in 1921 as Jacqueline Frances Labofish or Labofish. I have no idea how to pronounce that name. And she died um, this week. She was 98. Colorful character. I just got to share some of this with you. Um, She is believed to have coined the term rumpology. Now, I personally have never heard of the term rumpology, rumpology. But she coined it, they say here in the New York Times obit, which uh, she defined on her website as, quote, the art of reading the lines, crevices, dimples, and folds of the buttocks so as to understand a person's character. And predict one's future. I mean, my God. I, okay, rumpology, in case you didn't know. I don't think there's any schools that are offering degrees in it, but there you have it. Um, Jacqueline Labafish uh, came up with uh, rumpology, and she lived to be 98 years old. By the way, she got paid lots of money. People would have her look at their tushes uh, to find their futures, and they paid. Get this. Here's what it says in the New York Times obit. A rumpology reading from her costs $300 per cheek. Oh, God. God. Okay, I'm going to do a little more on her. So she was born in 1921 to a – her mother was a Parisian socialite. She was married – she was born, though, in Washington, D.C., but her mom was this Parisian socialite, and her father was a a, uh, muckety-muck lawyer, and somewhere in their house – Charles Atlas, it says here, that's the famous bodybuilder, you know, helped all those 98-pound weaklings get real strong. Charles Atlas lived in their house for some time and trained them in gymnastics and weightlifting. Rumpology she came up with all on her own. So um, she ran away at the age of 15 (laughs) 
she ran away at the age of 15 and literally joined the circus and actually joined the Flying Walendas for the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. From there, she went on to be a Broadway chorus girl. Then she came back to Washington. She started one of the first exercise programs on television in the 50s. She opened a woman's only gym in the 50s called Barbella. You know, this kind of stuff doesn't, she was way ahead of herself. Because she ran away at 15, she never got out of high school. So she, she finished high school when she was in her 40s. And then she even attended a community college in Florida to get a degree. Um, she, uh, she was posting stuff on Instagram well into her 90s, tap dancing, exercising, all this stuff. Quite a, quite a broad. I'm sorry. She, uh, she married a few times. Uh, her her first marriage uh, didn't last all that long, but she had um, two sons with that marriage. And this is where I will reveal who she is a little bit more. She married Frank Stallone <clears throat> in 1945. Well, they lasted 12 years. He was divorced in 57. Uh, one of those sons uh, is very famous, and that would be Sylvester Stallone. So um, this is uh, Jackie Stallone is the name she <laughs> went by. And if you look up Jackie Stallone and Rumpology, you should maybe get a laugh or two. And God knows we could use them. Uh, okay. And quickly, Ed writes in, I've seen reports on CNN or MSNBC that Harris is campaigning in several cities. It's just that Trump is sucking the media attention. He always does. That's what he did with Hillary. Our media are... Look, they're chasing eyeballs. They're chasing adverti the advertisers with our showing them all the eyeballs, and they get eyeballs not by showing Joe Biden in a mask saying something serious. They get eyeballs by showing the clown. And Bree informs us from Malaysia that there is absolutely no news on Biden in Malaysia. The only news is Trump. Okay. Rumpology, Jackie Stallone. It's a way to get away for just a little bit today, I'm telling you. Who could come up with something so wondrously absurd? I love it. And get paid $300 per cheek, I ask you. Wow. All right, guys, that's it for me for this week. I don't even want to think what we'll be talking about Monday. I can't even conceive of where we'll be by then. 
Be strong. Be resolute. Be well. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.